0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba and I am Mamadou Balde. I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have an amazing guest with us. Mijole Elizabeth Wright. She is a software engineer at J.P. Morgan Chase. She just started like about some months ago, June I think. She got her Bachelor in Science degree at the University of Texas at Austin in math. She entered in Austin with Facebook, and then in New York with Goldman Sachs. This girl is loaded, and this was one of the most exciting interviews uh, we I had here uh, for uh, "You Can Do It Too." Let's tune in. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, let's jump right into it. First of all, how are you doing? I know you got you just got a new job. Uh, you are trying mm-hmm. to adapt, but also the world is kind of crashing. <laughs> around, yeah pretty much how, how how is everything going there at home and everything
1: home home is good home is fine um i live with both of my parents now i have eight siblings wow so it gets really loud at times especially because i am working from home too but you know free food is always nice and <laughs> having people you really love downstairs is always helpful on breaks and stuff so I don't mind it. I think the situation I'm in right now is pretty good. Um, however, social media is kind of like toxic for me right now because I just...
0: Definitely. It's, it's
1: a little much. It's a lot to handle. Yeah.
0: I, I don't think it's a bad idea to turn it off and just focus on your mental mental being.
1: Yeah. I've had a lot of people because I, po- I used to post a lot on my Instagram. And so a lot of people would be like, or a lot of people have been like, might start posting again. We miss you posting, but I don't, I, it feels a little insensitive. So like being off is like kind of a daily thing. I get off yeah. like a couple of hours and just not, don't look at it at all.
0: That's definitely a big thing. I exactly feel what you're saying, because as I'm trying to also hustle and put this stuff out there, is just seeing everything that's going on uh, you have to. I mean, you don't have to acknowledge it, but it's you are part of it, right? You have to acknowledge yeah. it. You have to. You have to do something about it. And and for us, we cannot get away, right? We 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 have to be. We we definitely have to say something, right? Many people they can't just turn it off and say it's somebody else's problem, but for us, we have to find a way to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people. I guess they expected me to say more, but I'm like, if you look at me. I think you can tell what I. am black. I am black every day. I'm black. I yeah. walk outside and I'm black. You know yeah. what I stand for. I stand for the livelihood of me and my people. Like, yeah. There's no use <laughs> in me trying to convince you that, oh, your theory's okay. Like, no, it's not. Like, I'm a human being too, and you should treat me and other people that look like me as such. So, definitely,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's the same situation as in the movies when there's show you that only black person in the class and whenever there is a black question, they turn around to you and ask you like what do you know like
1: (laughs) yeah it's been like that before and i'm just like you can read you can go look this up too yeah you can go get educated as well but um being in that situation isn't necessarily like something that i hate like i don't mind being in a place where i can educate people and tell them about like our history and whatnot so
0: Definitely. It's kind of
1: like a, I don't mind it, but I can get a little bit like, come on, y'all, it's 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely. So you, you definitely, you, you have a big family. Uh, and right now, one thing that we really, we really learned uh, because of COVID-19, this time really t- taught us a little bit about slowing down uh, with our personal project and be around family. And, and just be close to each other and feel the love and stuff like that. How's that been? How are you taking your time to to do that?
1: Well, I guess one could say I was supposed to actually be in New York come or in May. So I was yeah. supposed to move to New York. And then in March, when everything was kind of like iffy, my dad was like, come home, just come home. So I didn't sign a lease or anything. I was just like, I'm going to write it out if – push comes to shove and I have to move, I'll get an Airbnb and like figure that out there. New York is very fast paced um, compared to Texas. So it's been, it's been interesting kind of being at home. I wouldn't say I necessarily have slowed down. I've just become kind of more focused on what I want to do and what I want to get out of life rather than being focused on what can I do this weekend? How can I pay rent? Like, things like that. Who are my friends? Like, it's been more of like, okay, where do I see myself in five years? And what kind of work do I want to start putting towards that? So that I am where I want to be in five years. So.
0: That is experience. big. That is yeah. big, that is major. And I feel like uh, young people like us do not spend a lot of time thinking about that. I mean, we live in a society that teaches is more about Finding the right career going out there and making money and stuff like that. But I feel like having a legacy like thinking about your legacy that you want to leave really gonna give you a big motivation and drive to go get that
1: I think there are two things that I want to say about that. One is that I was reading this article on medium and it was just saying that five years goes by really fast. And so when I think back to college and stuff. I was out in four years that went by so fast, like faster than I thought it would. So it's really important for me to focus on like, how do I wanna start building out five, 10, 15, 20 plus years now, because the habits that I have now are ultimately gonna affect what I end up getting to later, if that makes sense. And then Uh, the second thing about legacy is, I think watching Chadwick um, or seeing him pass away, like. That was one of the days where I cut social media. I just could not do it. Um, But I really broke down because that man has impacted not only so many other people, but he impacted me. Like I could watch all of his films and just feel like this man throws himself into each and every role that he has had. And to see the, the love that he got when no one knew he was dealing with cancer just seeing that outpour of love and people speaking highly of them of him i want that too so uh, i've been trying to figure that out and deal with okay so what am i doing now that's going to enable people to speak all about me later and how can i actually help other people feel uplifted about themselves rather than uplifting my own self so lots of thoughts yeah that's
0: big that's big and Definitely on this side, same. When I saw that, when I saw that news uh, on Instagram, it was like, it was like, wow. And one thing that that death taught us, in addition to Kobe Bryant, is like, you can't, to, you can't decide to live your life uh, by your own rules, or you can't decide to live your life by how society wants you to live it, right? And right. if you live it the right way, no matter how much time you have, it's going to be meaningful, right? People yeah. don't know.
1: I also think um, living within your gift impacts people more than what society sees of you. So I feel um, currently just like looking at other people my age, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, I need the job, I need the job. And like, I'm gonna work for someone else. But if your gift is not necessarily there, you're wasting some precious hours like working for someone else and not developing your own gift. Your gift is what impacts other people. So we look at Kobe, he played basketball, that Mongo mentality. We look at Chadwick, he was acting, he was very involved in that. Like They were operating within their gifts, and I think that's why we can look at them as like legacies now, because they said, no, this is what I'm good at, and this is what I'm going to stick to. So I look up to that a lot, and I hope that eventually I'll get there, where I'm fully seated in my gifts, and I can outpour in that way, too.
0: Man, that's big. That's big. I feel like we, we we're talking the same language. I've
1: met many people where I can like explain that to, and they kind of like get it, and they understand, and we can expand on it. So this is, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very happy.
0: Definitely, definitely. And same before we move on, out. yeah, definitely. And one of the most amazing thing about Chadwick is he played uh, a role. He 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 played great people, amazing people, but his craft his passion the, the kind of purpose that he put in in his work is like has been so amazing that I'm sure he'll be even more remembered than the people he played
1: yeah yeah so sure. it's not
0: even about like uh, the type of work you do it's just about the impact that you leave it's about the yeah. legacy that you leave yeah but definitely so you grew up in Austin right
1: i did i was born and raised in Austin lived there for 15 years and when i was 15 my family moved to Houston and then when i turned 18 i moved back
0: <laughs> wow what school did you go to in houston
1: uh so i was actually homeschooled i've been home or i was homeschooled from six years old all the way up until applying for college
0: how was that what was, how was that
1: i know a lot of people are like were you in your pajamas all day and <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> um it was actually i think it was really good Um, I've encountered so many people who don't agree with homeschooling and, like, think that we lack social skills or whatever. But, no, I think being homeschooled made me more focused. So, my parents, we had, like, our basics. So, we had to do our science. We had to do our math. I was doing math every single day, and it was the most exhausting thing I've ever done. I hated math back in high school. Um, We did our literature, like, all the basic subjects. But when we finished, so like let's say, I, I used to wake up at 5 a.m. in high school. So I would finish all my homework around 11 and then the rest of the day was fine. So I would go off and like learn other things. So I had a really big interest in Korean and Korean culture um, when I was 16 to 17. So when I finished my homework, I would go teach myself Korean or I would go watch Korean dramas or I would go read about Korean culture or I would look at Korean universities and all that stuff and just kind of immerse myself into what I was curious about. So being homeschooled, I think is a great thing. It's a blessing that I was able to because um, my mom is a stay-at-home mom and my dad is the sole provider, but um, it was a blessing that I got to do that because it encouraged me to explore curiosity rather than exploring social activities. So that kind of bled into how I operate in life now I tend to get activated or excited by things that I'm curious about, and I'll pursue them because I'll make time and I'll just I'll just learn. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. That's amazing. So you de- First of all, who was the teacher uh, for during that <laughs> homeschool? <laughs> uh,
1: so my mom taught me until I was like twelve or thirteen, and then um, when I moved up to Algebra One she would give me my textbook, and then she would say, your test is in two weeks, and I'd have two weeks to learn that material on my own. If we got anything below a 75, we had to redo the whole section. So, yeah, so I was, it was a fixture between myself and my mom.
0: Wow, I didn't know uh, a lot about homeschooling, but I I met so many friends uh, in uh, college who did that, and... I think it's a good idea because you get a chance to really identify the things that uh, is more important to the student, right, and, and uh, really focus on, on crafting that and the attention is definitely given uh, to the student.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I'm debating whether or not I will homeschool my kids in the future. I also <laughs> think it's a great idea, however, I am not a teacher. <laughs> I'm so not a teacher.
0: This podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence?
2: Taking what you have and making the best of it.
3: Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us.
2: It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone
3: else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself and your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve
2: and pay it forward. That's my definition of
0: back excellence. You have about uh, eight, seven, eight siblings. Uh, who was the eldest? Are you the eldest?
1: I'm the second oldest. So the oldest is 24 and she goes to Baylor University. She's studying English. And then the youngest is four. So he's wow. turning five in November
0: that's amazing so you definitely have to be the role models you you guys are becoming the role models
1: yeah basically
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely so what were growing up uh what were some systems that were set up uh, at home to just keep you focused uh on just academics i know you say you didn't like math at the end but (laughs) And look at me
1: now with a whole degree. Yeah, you see,
0: but you were you like, I didn't like this subject. Let me do it in college, too.
1: Yeah, it was a lot better in college, but besides <laughs> the point. Um, so our parents actually didn't really enforce, um, mm. well, they did put a heavy stress on academics. They were always like, no one can take your education away from you. Anything you learn is your own. Like, how you pursue it is your own. No one can take that, but they never cracked the. Well, I don't want to say cracked the whip, but like they never enforced. Oh, you need to be done by this certain time. They kind of just let us go at our own pace, but to ensure that we did our homework, they would take away the TV or the video wow. games or um, anything we found fun. So, yeah. I remember we couldn't get on video games or watch TV during the week unless it was Cyber Chase, um, which was at 4.30 every weekday. Wow, I still remember. And then on the weekends, if we finished everything, like cleaned the house, folded the laundry, all our homework was done, good test scores, we could watch cartoons and like play video games. and. I was a Need for Speed um, video game person, so I was always driving little cars, mm. <laughs> and that was really important to me. Um, but other than that, they didn't really like pressure us. They were just like, "This is going to be important if you want a good future. This is your traje- trajectory, and this is what you're going to have to do." So
0: that's amazing. That's amazing. It seems like uh, one thing that I learned over the past. Few years, uh, looking at uh, students, kids, right? Uh, Their directions is crafted by the by their interest, right? They tend to go toward whatever they are interested in, and I feel like that interest is initiated by the type of exposure they have growing up, right? And the one thing that I realize, many people that I have on this podcast, right, who are in uh, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship. Uh, their interest toward these things is because of what they were exposed to growing up, right? How how big do you feel like uh, those experiences are to, to the child's uh, de- decision on wh- what they want to do growing up?
1: So I was actually reading an article about this yesterday, and it was saying like a lot of people go, I need to find my passion, I need to find my passion, but the first step to finding your passion is pursuing what you're curious about. So I think by exploring your interests first, you'll find what you're more inclined to work on and like what you would actually spend eight plus hours on working overtime on. That's very much me, I work overtime because I like what I'm doing. Um, but you'll find what you're more most interested in and that's something that you should pursue the most. I think that's what, you asked me yeah asked definitely
0: me. no definitely so moving on to, to to college so you decided that you really like math even though
1: <laughs> See, that was that was influenced by a professor one professor john meth he's a math god he's very tall um what's his name john meth
0: meth right not math
1: no <laughs> Math with the e <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But he was the best professor I've ever had, like ever. I took Calc 1 with him freshman year, and I would just be sitting in his office for however long he would let me, and I would race him on math problems. And I didn't want to do math in the beginning. I wanted to do finance. And so I was just like, I was trying to get into McCombs, but McCombs has that really high GPA requirement. And it ended up not being for me anyways, but I would raise them doing calculus problems. Um, I fought really my advisor really hard because they would not put me in Calc 2 with him. And I was like, I want to be in Calc 2 with with this man. Um, And then I got into Calc 2 with him and we were just sitting in his office one day and some other students were around and stuff. And I was talking to him about wanting to be in finance. And he was like, you're really math inclined, you should try math. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I hated it in high school and he was like, just give it a shot, give it a year, see how you like it and then come back. So my sophomore year, I didn't do any electives. I just did math classes and core classes and I fell in love with math and I was just, I was this math nerd, I was doing the research I was going to different um I was sitting in Diffie Q, just happy as a bird. People hated (laughs) Diffie Q. And I was just like, I love this class. I love Diffie Q. Oh yay! That's the fun part. It is fun. It's so much fun. So um I don't know. I was just I felt so happy there and like starting on any issue or any problem, I just there's just something about it that just makes me really excited. Going to wow. go search for that answer, like unpacking it. Um, I don't know why me in high school didn't like, didn't like math because the college math was just amazing. I had so much fun. Some
3: wow. classes
1: were hell though, but <laughs> other than that, math was just, that, that's kind of how I got into math. Plus I realized I didn't really like, I liked business. But I didn't like the attitude of most people in the business school. So I was like, that's not for me.
0: Man, d- those people party every Thursday. That's a good
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, must be nice. I'd be like, oh, I have a test at Friday at 8 a.m. Must be yeah. nice to be out on 6th Street. Must be Definitely.
0: Fun. Growing up, I really loved math. And uh, I, t- I thought that was like what it was until I came to college and realized that <laughs> there was more to math than that, and one thing that didn't push me to pursue uh, math as a major is because I like to know the problem that I'm solving and why I'm using the math to <laughs> to get to the problem, right? To to uh, like you know connected to real life problem. And for me, okay. even though I like D V Q, the process and stuff like that, but it just felt like I was following steps, you know.
1: I, I don't have anything really
0: to say about that.
1: No, I agree. Math can be very formu- formulaic, I think, the word. yeah, but very formula-based a lot of times, but you don't really see how it really applies until you step out of it. So that's one thing I think that college could, like colleges in general, could be better at is like teach the application and not just the theory. So I have a lot of math theory, but in terms of math application, I had to go pursue that on my own. So If anything, it's gonna give me a great foundation for whenever I like start opening other doors of exploration. Like I was in machine learning for a little bit and I was able to like teach a class on, or like one two hour class on linear algebra because I had that foundation and I knew the theory and I knew the formulas and stuff. But when it came to applying, I was at the starting line like everyone else. So if there's anything that I have regrets over, I just wish I spent more time on applying the things outside and seeing how I could have helped others using those applications.
0: Definitely, definitely, that's amazing. So you started college at UT, right? I know you went to Austin, you were in Austin, and I mean, you went to Houston also. I'm not sure if you had uh, what was the population uh, percentages in your high school, but. UT, University of Texas at Austin, is 50,000 people and we have around 8% black. How hard was it to adapt? Uh, I don't know if
1: it's, it's 8%. It. I think it's five. Five? I think it's five. Maybe, maybe. Um, adaption wise, I don't. I know I was very. I had blinders on the first year. Like, it's just kind of like now I'm like, don't touch my money. In the first year of college, I was like, don't mess with my education. Do not mess with my grades. Don't mess with my tests. So I didn't really look at anyone, basically. I was just trying to get a high GPA and get the knowledge. So I spent a lot of time as a hermit. I don't even think I saw, I saw maybe like three black people my freshman year. Not because like I didn't see other black people, but I mean like talking to them, only like three. And that's just because I was really focused on like making sure I had the good grades and stuff. Um, As college kept panning out, I found like the area that black UT was in. And um, I just, I think I still had the education mindset where I was just like, I need to focus on my space and not really get involved. But I met a lot of great, great black people from like opening that door and that window. Um, But as you said, it was really hard kind of adapting to being the only black person in the room, especially when I started math class sophomore year. I was the only black girl in like a 50 plus person classroom. I think I might've been the only black person, but it was just, it was weird. It was really weird. I like tried not to, I tried not to look for things that will hurt me. So I never like felt targeted or anything like that. But I definitely knew that I was kind of different. And like me asking a question or me um, saying that I didn't know something would be reflected differently if a white person or white male said, I don't understand. Can you re-explain that? Yeah. Um. I think I dealt with a lot of, impo- I definitely dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, especially every year on the first day of class, because there would always be someone, someone who was white and male, who knew a little bit more about the subject than the professor did, or it would seem like, <laughs> who, and who they would just, what? Who, who, act, who act like they knew more than the professor
0: Yeah, knew. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they would just
1: like start rattling off facts and i feel like i'm a math major i should know this Shouldn't I? <laughs> and so i'd be sitting there you know only black person in the room in the back like because i always started the first day of class out in the back um yeah. just like am i actually supposed to be here um there aren't very many black math majors at ut there's one girl who's one of my best friends her name is jenny and i found her sophomore year as well and you know it was really nice to have someone to rely on in those days where you're like i don't understand because a lot of times it could be really um, i can't seem to find the word that i'm looking for but it can be kind of intimidating to reach out to other people that don't look like you and be like i don't understand something so having someone in there and being able to like be honest and be like I feel dumb. I feel like I'm not going to get this. I don't think I'm going to make it through this class. Oh, I failed a test. Like, it was really nice to have someone there, even though it was just her. That was like my support system and my rock. So I wouldn't say I necessarily, I, knew, I knew that we were a small percentage, but I tried to not let it get to me and get in yeah. the way of my education. This podcast is
0: about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black
3: excellence?
2: taking what you have and making the best of it.
3: Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us.
2: It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone.
3: It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve.
2: And paying it for. That's my definition of black excellence.
0: Definitely, I I think I really feel that and uh, I feel like it's a systematic problem because for many people they don't have to live in two different places in order to find their community to fit in, right? The fact that there are only like one or two people uh, for every class. Uh, for me, chemical engineering was like four out of the four people out of the uh chemical engineering my class right and uh, just yeah and that's low (laughs) yeah i remember i I came i started school the summer before uh first freshman year and i met so many people so many friends uh who in in the black community but most of them were uh in other majors right and i if i wanted to still keep that group of friends i had to leave uh, the chemical engineering world right and, and go on the other side of campus to And and I knew like you right I wanted to have a good GPA I had I had other things that I'm focusing on and For if I wanted to continue that I had to let that go right sometimes right if they say, let's go to these parties is either I keep yeah. my for keep my GPA right or Go and have fun. So I feel like that's a systematic issue that can really be I think it can be looked into and solved if the right people want to.
1: Yeah, I also think we put a lot of pressure on this theory again, like college is just theory, it's never application, and I feel that if more people had the opportunity to apply what we were learning, and especially like people who look like us, if we were given the opportunity to you know, take what we've learned and expand it out to our communities, I think we would have, would have had a much, much better experience. And we probably could have motivated more people to come too, but alas, here we are.
0: That's big, that's big, definitely. So you just started at J.P. Chase Morgan, right? You working at- in June. What does your job consist of, by the way? I, I never asked that.
1: Um, so I'm a software engineer. I can't exactly tell you what my team does just yet, um, but I do work more so on the back end and like aggregation, aggregation of data. Um, I came through JP Morgan, through this boot camp per se. It's called Tech Connect, so they take people who don't have a computer science um, degree mm-hmm. and put them in a like coding boot camp for ten weeks, and they learn how to code in Java. And build out own, their own applications that way when they go to their team, they know their team's like programming language. So that's what I've been mostly in. So I've been working on a lot of applications and databases and views and websites and web applications. It's, it's been a lot, but I'm having a lot of fun. so
0: Wow, yeah, I've been learning Python uh, because of my job recently. definitely. I, I think coding is fun. I wish I had that experience in college.
1: Yeah, I tried to get the computer science minor certificate, mm-hmm. but it was, mm, oh, I think it's hilarious. Huh? I'm a software engineer and I failed elements of software applications. And that's like the intro into software engineering class. I failed it. But that's also because I was doing the pageant, uh Ms. Barton Gold pageant at the same time don't do a pageant and try to take a very hard class at the same time do not recommend but um, I think it's hilarious that I'm a software engineer regardless so it's really fun
0: <laughs> definitely the, the what
1: pageant uh, the black and gold miss black and gold
0: oh miss black and gold uh, that's uh, uh, organized the by the alphas right wow. was it last year yeah okay
1: yeah, uh, we're actually no. coming up on the year anniversary of all the pageant girls meeting.
0: Okay, so. I think my sister did it uh, two years ago.
1: Oh really? Yeah. That's cool.
0: Definitely, definitely. So how how has it been adapting uh, at JP at Chase so far? As far as a not just as a new employee, but with everything going on around the world, I know many businesses are affected. How how has it been?
1: Um. I, don't, I think the only thing that's really been different was the Zoom, that we're now meeting everyone over Zoom. So I thought that they were gonna actually let us go, but about a month and a half before we started, they sent an email and they were like, no, like you're in the budget, like we budgeted for something like this to happen, so you're still, you still have a job. So that wow. was really nice to get. Um, I watched a lot of my friends kind of lose their jobs and where they were gonna go. And it was really sad and discouraging and I know I stopped posting around then because I knew I was going into a very, very blessed position and a lot of my friends weren't given that same opportunity. So the company has been really open and really respectful. And when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, they sent out readings and they were like, educate yourselves, like, don't be dumb. <laughs> so that was really nice too, to see that they actually um, want to take care of each and every single person and, and highlight our differences and highlight how our differences are actually really special and should be taken care of. So it's been a good, good, good company so far
3: wow
0: that is big that is definitely a big a big uh, predictor because I uh, so many companies right now have had that opportunity to make that happen and they just ghosting their employees <laughs> like
3: yeah
0: yeah I'm very happy for you and you're right as far as uh, right now it's definitely if you have a job it's definitely a blessing uh, and most of the time we feel like we should uh, it's just that's how it is right knowing the amount of people that is affected by this it's just hard to be happy about our uh, accomplishment knowing that everybody else is having things that they do not deserve yeah yeah i
1: definitely agree
0: that's amazing that's amazing so i know you are you are already thinking about five years ten years from now about uh what you are looking into for the company but so have you been in new york yet did you is that where you started then you came back Um, to austin
1: i lived in new york last summer for my other internship so i was there for three months a little bit over three months so Um, we
0: are looking to go back there soon
1: not soon (laughs) because rent is expensive oh my gosh yeah um so i'm not looking to go back soon but hopefully in the future i did want to live out so like one or two years being there. I don't think I'll stay, but I do want to like experience being a new Yorker for a year or two.
0: Definitely, definitely. So talking about future things and legacy and just thinking about your legacy that you want to leave, uh, what are some of the works that is in the progress right now for you? What have you been doing uh, beside work or maybe even work? What are some steps have you been taking to move toward the kind of legacy you want to leave?
1: So right now it is work. like um. I'm young, I think 22 is very young. 27 is hitting it, but not hitting it, but I have a internal like, at 25 you need to have your shit together. But um, 22 is very young and I have a good 50 years to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right now, when I say I'm focusing on work, I'm here to get the skills. I'm here to get the skills and I will use them however I wish to in a couple of years. So in two years, I want to reevaluate where I am every two years. So right now, I'm three months into my two years. And the ultimate goal is to get the skills so that I can build something of substance that'll help a community, either my community, someone else's community, a healthcare system, a tech um, opportunity. Like that's what I foresee for myself within five years. But right now, I think if I'm trying to do too many things or spread myself too thin by reaching out or or like helping other people, I'm not confident in my skills like I want to be. So I think the best way for me to impact or help my community right now is to get the skills so that I can share them in two years when I master them yeah
0: <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for your time and i really i, I really think you have your mind in the right honor, in the right place i made the black queen's grace continually mesmerize the millions who couldn't see it when looking into her eyes and the black man's plight no longer be the disguise oppression emasculation they want to cast size I just want to be me, I just want to be free I just want liberty, equity, and democracy I just want to believe in the good of society I just want to believe that they ain't been lying to me I want equality, want no more poverty I want people to tell you it's more black people in jail For committing crimes that blacks and whites are committing equally I want the corporate interests to crumble before my feet I want them to stop selling your rights to powers that beat I want a third term for Obama we'll never see No Democrat, no Republican, me I want unity I want the righteous voice speaking to my community Don't listen, to what they say, and look at what they say to see I want you to know the truth, but for that you will have to see All people are beautiful (laughs) But you best know my